Welcome to The Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. So welcome to the family room. We are so glad that you are joining us here today. I'm Mari, as you just heard, and I'm here with my co-host, John and Craig. Hello, guys. Good morning. Hey, how are you? Great. And we are so excited this morning because we've got some special guests. And I'm going to share just a second about... um, why we've got these guests and part of it is because we know that you listeners to the family room you've told us that you really love to hear stories of hope stories of inspiration um, stories that share with us what God does in our lives and how he draws us closer to him and so today we have got Father John Klein and Emily Roman and this we're extra blessed today because today is actually Father John's fourth anniversary of his ordination of becoming a priest so well Welcome, Father and Emily, and also congratulations, Father John. Thank you very much. It's a it's a joy and a pleasure to be here with all of you this morning. That's great. Um, and so, as we've shared with you guys, we always start with prayer um, on the show. So, Craig actually is going to kick us off with a prayer, if you don't mind, Craig. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit, and thank you for the gift of committed hearts that want to serve you, that want to bring about your kingdom, that want to bring Christ into the world and bring that light back. We just ask you to be with all of us, especially as we're celebrating this Christmas season and getting into the new year. We ask you to pour your Holy Spirit on all of us. We ask for your graces to change and to become the people that you want us to be, living the purposeful lives that you have given us. We pray all this in Jesus' name, through the intercession of Our Lady, and through the intercession of St. John Paul II. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So Father John and Emily, would you just take a minute and just give us a little peek into Father John and Emily? We're going to get deep, deep into some of the topics, but... Kind of tell us a little bit about yourselves and your apostolate and and what's on your heart for uh, young people and families in the domestic church. Great. Thank you. Yes, so I'm I'm, uh, born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and I entered at 21. I entered the seminary out of college. And I always, since I was a little kid, wanted to have a great adventure and do something great. And I thought that was going to be music. God had a different plan and showed me that my heart was made for another adventure. And so after um, 11 years of formation, I was ordained a priest four years ago today uh, with the Legionaries of Christ in Rome at the uh, Basilica of St. Paul outside the walls. So that was a huge grace. But I was sent back here to work in Atlanta, Georgia. I was a chaplain of um, at Holy Spirit Prep as a middle school, high school chaplain for three years. And that was a joy and a blessing. And now I work as a chaplain of an apostle called Mercy Missions Atlanta, which is helping take young adults and college students to mission in the streets of Atlanta and also um, participating in lots of different initiatives to help form musicians, as well as acting as a, a spiritual director, and, um, especially out, out of Georgia Tech here in Atlanta. Great. Thank you, Emily. How about you? 
Um, well, my name is Emily Roman, as um, you said in the introduction, and I'm a consecrated woman of Ringdom Christi, which I can explain because there, most people tell me that they don't know what that means. But um, so I am a laywoman consecrated to God, and um, I'm part of the spiritual family that Father John mentioned of the Ringdom Christi movement. So the Legionaries of Christ are the priests, and the um, Ringdom Christi is also made up of folks of all sorts of walks of life. Um, and so I am part of the women who make vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. We live in community and we could be sent all over the world to serve the Lord and live the new evangelization in all sorts of ways. So um, it's a huge blessing. I am originally from North Carolina um, and was consecrated in 2007. So after um, some years of formation, was sent to Chicago for a bit and now have been serving in Atlanta. I'm at Pinecrest Academy. Go Pinecrest. It's that other school from Holy <laughs> Spirit. Um, and I have been serving there in um, multiple capacities for the last eight years and um, hope to continue to do that for a few more. And in the meantime, like kind of in my spare time, I guess, outside of school, I'm also helping out um, with Mercy Missions downtown, accompanying a lot of our young adults who organize those missions for um, other young people helping them to develop strong formation so that our kids are not just doing missions and doing good things, but that they're really forming a relationship with Christ and learning about their faith and are able to be witnesses in their daily life, not just something where they come down and serve with us. Wow. Thank you. That's awesome. So, so a priest and a consecrated woman. So obviously on all of our hearts and minds is, okay, so how does that happen in somebody's life? Right. Um, I know we hear a lot of our listeners say, okay, I want my child to walk into God's path and to do God's will in their lives. And um, each of our families are really trying to be the domestic church where we're forming people so that they will become disciples and apostles for Jesus. But that's that you guys go to a whole new level, right? When you become a priest, when you become a consecrated woman. So obviously there's some kind of special testimony, something special that God did in your heart and in your life to draw you that close to him that you've totally given your lives in all obedience and, and um, to him. So can you share that a little bit? Like, how did God draw you to him in such a profound way? Yes, thank you for a beautiful question. Um, so you're right. It is, um, it is a mystery. I think Emily and I can say it's a mystery of how we ended up here today. I didn't wake up one day and say, I wanted to be a priest. But the thing I've been learning is that God is always the protagonist mm. that in your life, all of the most beautiful blessings and good things, they were gifts, they're graces. They just happen. One day somebody walks into your life or something happens or a door shuts and another one opens. And in that moment, God sort of directs you in that, in, in that way. And if you're courageous enough and, um, because it's always a risk. You know, when P Jesus walked by Peter, Peter's boat, he invited him to an adventure and it was a risk. But in that moment, Jesus, the protagonist called Peter to, to do something different than he ever had imagined, not be a fisher of fish, but a fisher of men. And so in my own life, I grew up in a, a very Catholic family. My mother would would um, in a certain way drag me to adoration. She had a Friday night adoration <laughs> shift. Uh, terrible time if you're like a middle school kid who just wants to go and play on a Friday night or watch TV. But um, that was the seeds, I think, in the Eucharist were sown and those little adoration shifts that my mom had. And then later, as I grew up, I 
like I was telling you, I wanted a great adventure with my life. And so I thought that the coolest adventure would be a musician. I, I saw a Dave Matthews concert on TV when I was a little kid. If you remember Dave Matthews, I'm dating myself. But I was like, I want to be like Dave. And um, from that moment on, I asked for a guitar for Christmas, started playing in a, a band in high school and in college and eventually went to uh, Tennessee. I, I, I moved to uh, Murfreesboro and, and entered uh, Middle Tennessee State, studied music production. And but it was just interesting, the, the path as I was doing what I always thought I wanted to do. I thought I was um, on doing living the dream. But it's amazing how in that moment it, it, it didn't satisfy. Um, it didn't satisfy what I was thinking it would. And so I remember one particular moment being in class. And the uh, professor was had his his nice like recording gear like we have in this room. And uh, he was talking about how excited he was about this new hard drive coming out that was <laughs> going to make his recording software, you know, process audio so much faster. And like he said, it made his heart beat faster. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to be like that when I grow up. I want to get, <laughs> be excited about stuff that's not like processing audio. I want to get excited about doing something that. Not that that doesn't matter, right? Um, but I want to do something uh, more profound. I want to have an adventure, but I want to leave a mark on this world that isn't just entertaining people or, um, you know, processing audio more quickly. I want to do something um, that I felt my God had given me many gifts and talents, and I had been using them for myself in that moment. For and my dreams were sort of selfish, and I was like, okay, what? How can I? be a gift back to the Lord. And so I remember one particular moment in, in middle Tennessee state where I was a junior. And so I was going through a little bit of a crisis. Like if I'm not going to do music for the rest of my life, what am I doing? I, I don't know. And I found myself at a lake outside of, um, outside of the city going there. Cause I would go there camping with my friends. I knew it was a pretty spot. I went there to pray and think. And that particular night I went alone in a dark night and I walked through the tree line. I, I sat down on this little cliff overlooking the lake and the stars were incredibly beautiful that night. And I had a very deep and profound experience of God. Uh, I felt so tiny, first of all, and the majesty of the stars just opened up before me. The, the wonder, the adventure, the beauty, the greatness. And at the same time, I felt saw, small. I felt God was with me. The great God in the, who had made this was also um, so close to me. And in that moment, God offered me an invitation, sort of like he offered Peter an invitation when he walked by uh, the shore. And that invitation was, uh, John, I have a greater plan for your life, a greater adventure than you could ever imagine. Mm -hmm. um, and it, And I made these stars, but the plan I have for your life is even greater than this. But you have to trust me. Do you trust me? Do you want to know what that plan is? And in that moment, I was afraid to say, Lord, uh, lead me. But before the beauty of the stars, it disarmed me. And I was like, Lord, if you can make this something so beautiful, then please show me the plan that you have for my life and not. And, and I'm willing to surrender my own um, and follow you. And so that was the beginning of I went home with a lot of peace. I didn't go home with any any particular direction. But it was the beginning of all these different series of, of people entering my life, of experiences that would lead me to go and visit the seminary for the Legionaries of Christ in Connecticut. 
and find there um, a bunch of other young men my age with that same, uh, who had that same desire for adventure, but that same experience of Jesus Christ who had um, called them from their country because we had a lot of seminarians from other countries uh, from their own at their, from their own universities or high schools or our, our careers. And um, it was there that I knew the Lord wanted me to be a part of a bigger, a bigger project than just me become part of a movement of priests of, of committed lay people and consecrated people who had that same fire to go out and to be creative and bring the gospel to a new culture with new needs in a new time. And I had this inkling inside that the Lord was going to somehow use music in a way that I had never imagined. Mm. And so as my for seminary formation unfolded, uh, many other things would happen that would open this door, or, which would bring music back into my life. Because I thought like Peter, I was leaving my nets, I was leaving <laughs> my guitar at home and it would never, and I was fine if it never came back, but the Lord began to bring it back into my life. And we can unpack some of those um, experiences as we go through the, the show of how music re-entered and how the, it was part of the Lord's will for me and how using that um, musical talent and giving it back to him was um was the fulfillment of everything that I had been um, hoping and desiring. Mm, that's beautiful. It's interesting too, that when you um, have such a deep desire in your heart that you keep grinding your way through it, that sometimes God asks you to reset it so that it's in order with him. And once you do that, you think, okay, it's gone. I'm never going to do this again. But magically God gives it back to you at some point in time, but it's ordered in the right way, which is a beautiful testimony and for all of you that are listening, um, we are here with Father John and Emily Roman, and you're listening to us on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic radio. So, Father, that was a beautiful testimony. And one of the things, like what Craig just said, I just love that Scripture tells us that God wants to give us the desires of our heart. Yes. And and so that was so beautiful how he wove all of that together. Yes, yeah. I, I think he, he puts those desires in our hearts. And our first inclination is to use our gifts and talents and desires to get what we want. Mm. Kind of we bend those desires in like I was using music, the guitar to, you know, make myself look better, to um, try to be famous, to have more fun. And you find that it's so, it's unfulfilling to the point where I, I had this love hate relationship with the guitar. And uh, but afterwards, after being able to surrender that the Lord showed me that the the gifts and talents I'd been given was to be a man for others to, mm. to giving those gifts away. You find their true purpose. And that brings fulfillment that those gifts were made to give God glory and they were made to be, um, bring others closer to him. And when I found the proper ordering of that, or when he showed it to me in the, in the seminary or in as a missionary priest, that's when it became fruitful. That's when it started to click. That's when, um, I found a, a deeper joy and freedom with regards to music and, and that path. That's great. So Emily, how about you? How did God woo you? Mm. <laughs> Good choice of words. Well, um, as a consecrated woman, something that I didn't really um, embellish on very much was that the um, we really do see ourselves as spouses of Christ. And um, I actually, a priest who had been preaching to our community once asked me for feedback. And I was just like, Father, if you're talking to our community 
um, like preaching or retreat to us or something, and you're not talking to us from the place of us being spouses of Christ, you're wasting your breath. <laughs> so maybe that was a little too bold, but, but truly like my whole life is, is so, um, woven into that sense of a spousal relationship with Christ. Um, and, and that's truly what that, what that was when I, uh, discerned consecrated life was a discovery of, um, of wanting to give my whole heart and my whole self to him. Um, that was ne- definitely not always my desire growing up. I was kind of your average teenager and, um, I came from a Catholic family. My dad was the one who was much more practicing than my mom because she had come into the faith much later. And so, um, if I had any questions about the faith or anything, it was my dad who my mom would kind of direct me over. That's a question for your dad. <laughs> and, um, and also his own, uh, praying of the rosary or going to adoration. Like father was speaking about his mom. That was my dad in, in our household. So, um, when he would say, Hey, you know, let's, there's an adoration spot open. Who wants to come? My whole family would kind of groan and excuse themselves, but I have a very, very close relationship with my dad. And I would end up sometimes out of pity for him to not want him to go alone. Um, but also there was this kind of this attraction that maybe I wouldn't admit to. Um, and I'd end up going with him or we'd pray rosary as a family some nights when he could get us together, but without us all again, excusing ourselves with homework or what have you. Um, and, and so those are definitely the places where that relationship was fostered. And, um, and so, uh, the consecrated women came through our area when I was in middle school. My dad has been a member of Regnum Christi, um, for, uh, I don't know, 20, 30, maybe almost 30 years. And, um, and from that time, he was getting more involved in his faith and he was being nourished with resources to grow more deeply in his own faith. But um, he also wanted something for us kids to be able to have those seeds sown at a younger age. <clears throat> and so when the consecrated women came through town, they were running a retreat. And my dad said to my sister and I, you're going. Um, we weren't so thrilled about that. We tried to, again, like wiggle our way out. But in the end, I was so grateful that I went and I met consecrated women there. And I kind of sized them up and there was this sort of sort of attraction to them and yet not. <laughs> and there was automatically, I don't know why there was this kind of sense of maybe I could do that. Why would I want to do that? <laughs> sort of inner conflict began there when I was probably 11 or 12. Um, but that attraction kept growing the more time I spent with them, the more things I activities and missions I went on with them. And I just saw the way that they would speak about Christ and the way that they I would see them pray. And I realized that that's the thing that I want. I want that relationship with Christ. And our, our dad raised us with this sense that when you find God's will for your life, that's when you're going to be happy. Mm. And your vocation is what you need to discover in order to be happy in this life, but then also to get to heaven and bring as many others with you as possible. So um, within that, I had that question in my mind from middle or high school age. And I remember asking that directly to the Lord. Um, I went on a retreat when I was a freshman in high school and in just a moment of adoration there, um, really wanted to console the heart of Christ, seeing kind of placing myself in, um, my mind's eye in Gethsemane with him, Mm -hmm. that adoration from Holy Thursday to Good Friday, signed up for the hardcore hour in the middle of the night. And, (laughs) um, and within that time, I was really wrestling with big decisions and kind of wondering, Lord, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. And I felt him call me very distinctly to the consecrated life, um, which I freaked out about initially. <laughs> but within that time um, of high school, with a lot of that back and forth of trying to run away, but finding that I had this irresistible attraction to the heart of Christ, it kept bringing me back over and over until 
finally, after high school, I did decide to to take the plunge. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, you're blown away by those stories because, you know, I'm 56 years old and still sitting going, okay, God, what do I want to do? And he says, I want you to do this. And I'm like, nope, I don't feel like doing that today. <laughs> and uh, you find out when you finally do surrender that God gives you a gift of, you know, the peace and the beauty of all of it. And one of the gifts you both have, which I enjoyed um, not long ago, was your gift of music. You both have beautiful voices and very talented in writing songs, Father John. So I appreciate that gift. Can you talk a little bit about your journey into music? I mean, Father, you kind of led us into it a little bit, but you also mentioned a quote, I believe, from John Henry Newman as it relates to music, hearing God's voice, and learning his purpose. And of course, I think it was St. Augustine that said, when you sing, you pray twice. But talk to us more about music's influence in your life and what you're doing with it. Yes, I guess um, since I was a little kid, I I loved music. And like I was saying, the Dave Matthews um, moments, watching Dave Matthews play at Woodstock 99, which was the 30th anniversary of Woodstock 1969. He's playing in front of, you know, 600,000 people on this big stage. And um, I don't know, I guess music was always, one, it, it presented to me this adventure. Um, two, it, it always just seemed, uh, it seemed fun, full of life. And uh, three, it was very, it was very profound. Uh, it, it took me to a very deep place. I, I found um, that I love to go to live music uh, venues and listen to the the music. And it did something, it connected me with something greater, uh, which ultimately would would be God. And little by little, God would speak through many different musical experiences in my life, uh, through different songs. But um, this desire, this growing desire to begin to discover this talent that I had. And um, like I was saying before, Christ was the key to that talent because beforehand trying to write music was always difficult. I was like, what am I supposed to write about? I, have, I don't have a, a girlfriend. I haven't had a really bad breakup, you know? My dog didn't get hit by a car. Um, what am I going to write about? And so it really was in the seminary where I was, um, the Lord revealed to me that uh, it was him, that the, the key to writing music was to get people to experience him, to transmit the joy of knowing Christ um, and to inspire others. So that this is like amazing. And we, we could go for hours but we don't have hours. So I'm, I'm a very impatient man, father. I want to hear the song. Can you, I mean, I don't want to rush something, but I definitely want to hear the song because music is, is a really important part of my meditation. And so let's, let's, let's have it. And then we'll talk about how we got it. Please. Sure. Yes. So we'll play you one song that's um, right now called all of me. And I think it's a summary of, of Emily in my own uh, stories of encountering Christ, where Christ invites you to give all of him, all of yourself to him as he has given all of himself to us. And so this song was written as an adoration song with some of our, our for some of our youth missions, inviting the kids to give Christ their life and allow him to work in their own lives. So we'll play this one. It's called All of Me. I struggle to breathe 
But your love surrounds me And your love has found me The real me so easily hides And behind walls I construct deep inside But your love breaks through me And your love pursues me And all that I know Tonight I let go And all of me Tonight all of me I lay all of me Here at the feet of the King All those around me can see I'm a shadow of who but still you choose me And every new me A future bigger than my past Opens to me here at last And your grace surrounds me And ever stands me and all that I know, all that I know, tonight I let go. And all of me, tonight all of me, I lay all of me here at the feet of the King. All of me, tonight all of me, I lay all. parts of me that only you can see every word I speak secret I keep all my heart beats all that's incomplete I put in your hands all my future plans all that I can be and sing at the feet of the king Listeners, that was Father John Klein and Emily Roman, and you are going to hear more from them right after this break. Stay tuned and join us back here in the family room. (laughs) 
This is Archbishop Gregory John Hartmeyer, Archbishop of Atlanta. And you're in the family room on AM 1160, The Quest. Our Lord told St. Gertrude the Great that the following prayer will release a thousand souls from purgatory each time it is said. The prayer is extended to include living sinners as well. Eternal Father, I offer thee the most precious blood of thy divine Son, Jesus, in union with the Masses said throughout the world today, for all the holy souls in purgatory, for sinners everywhere, for sinners in the universal church, those in my own home and within my family. Amen. Listening to AM 1160, The Quest at home just got easier. Join The Quest with Alexa. Search for us on the Alexa app or say, Alexa, enable the Quest skill. After enabling the skill, simply say, Alexa, open the Quest. Now joining The Quest. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Did you know there are many men and women who are providing for their families through work in an abortion clinic? The money is good and people often get trapped there. And Then There Were None is a registered nonprofit organization that exists to help abortion clinic workers leave the abortion industry. This ministry is providing the means for abortion workers to safely transition out of the industry and into a life of freedom, with immense support and without fear of exploitation. Abortion workers have been able to confidently get free help through a variety of resources available through this ministry. This is a game changer in the battle for life. To help abortion workers leave the industry, visit abortionworker.com for more information. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Please join us in a prayer to St. Michael the Archangel. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the heavenly hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. When you stop to think about it, it was pretty bold for AM 1160 The Quest to present the teachings of the Catholic Church in a culture that is so worldly and material. But it reflects one of the key principles embraced by AM 1160 The Quest. We are committed to presenting quality, faithful Catholic teaching in season and out of season. If you've delayed supporting Atlanta Catholic Radio AM 1160 The Quest, now is the time that we need you. Call 678-688-4549 or show your support at thequestatlanta.com. The Quest presents A Daily Dose of Virtue with Jay Tremonti from Venture with Virtue. Catholic Super Bowl champ Elvis Gerbach shared with me the key role discipline played in his journey. Discipline is required to form good habits, and this takes three things. First is to focus on your goal, then develop a plan for how to reach that goal. Third is practice, practice, practice. Over time, obedience to the practice and discipline of forming good habits leads to the freedom to just play the game and not even think about it. It's what the greats like Michael Jordan and Tom Brady did. And we can apply this same approach to faith by focusing on our ultimate goal of heaven, developing a plan for our spiritual life, and forming habits of virtue. It becomes easier to grow in faith, make good decisions, do good, and sacrifice for others. And when we do this, we live with freedom in Christ, just like the saints did, and grow in holiness and become saints ourselves. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. One, two, three, four. 
This is Father John Klein and Emily Roman of the Raymond Christie Music, Music Collective. Collective, and we thank Mari, John, and Craig for a great show. Join us in the family room. Welcome back to the family room. We're so glad that you're joining us today. And you heard the beautiful music from Father John Klein and Emily Roman. Father John and Emily, one of the things that we always ask all of our guests here on the family room is to tell us a bit about their favorite family room memories or an activity from when you were growing up. So Emily, why don't you share with us first? Great, thanks. Um, Really, the first thing that came to my mind, and I just couldn't shake it, was... um, memories with my siblings taking the cushions off of the couches and like <laughs> pretending that the ground was lava and they couldn't step on it oh, just like <laughs> jumping around and you know, maybe trying to push younger brothers into lava but um just just good times of roughhousing and and being together in the family room that's so fun yeah i guess for me uh getting close to christmas one of my favorite memories was we would decorate the Christmas tree as a family. And so that was a really important family moment for us to, to make our Christmas cookies and decorate the tree. But uh, my dad on Christmas Eve would always read the night before Christmas, uh, the little, the little um, poem. And then we would sit there under the tree and we'd turn all the lights off. And I remember just a, a beautiful, uh, profound peace as a kid, just sitting there in the dark and um, saying prayers as a family. And then just sitting there and seeing the light of the Christmas tree. Um, And so just a a beautiful moment, I think, uh, around the Christmas tree as a family. That's great. Thank you. That's awesome. Thanks for sharing that. We we wanted to get to the music fast as we could. And, you know, shame on me. I put the I made the uh, end subjective to to the means. Right. And so let's put (laughs) things back in order and take a minute and talk about the music, which is powerful, clearly. But why the music? It's you just don't sing for the sake of singing, though it's a great gift. Tell us. Tell us what's behind all that music. Well, uh, Father John and I have both mentioned that we work with young people doing missions, this apostolate that's called Mercy Missions Atlanta. And um, that was something that kind of cropped up as a as a desire to help our young people um, evangelize downtown. Um, there's a whole history to that as well. But it's one of the few apostolates that's run by young people for young people. And it's something that we um, that we really love to do. And it's very life giving um, for all of us who are kind of mentors for these young people. And um so we we have these missions where a hundred or so young people will come for the days leading up to Holy Week um, or days of Holy Week, sorry, leading up to Easter. And um, before COVID, we're sleeping on a gym floor and you, you're just out there hitting the streets. It had to look a little bit different during um, the last two years, but we're hoping to get back to that model. But there's so much um, joy and fun in that as well. And so Father John has a gift for writing uh, songs, as you saw with that uh, last one that we shared and um, he had the idea, wouldn't it be great if we had like a theme song, an anthem, a mission anthem that would get our kids excited and pumped up and they're singing it as they're walking down the streets of Atlanta to go and serve. And so he did. He wrote several, actually. And as these songs kind of racked up, he had the idea of maybe recording them. And from there, the RC Music Collective was kind of born um, sort of just by God's providence. Father, do you want to talk a little bit about how that happened? Yes. So different moments throughout my formation and then into the priesthood, God was providing different opportunities. One was a, a beautiful friendship that I formed with a guy named Jimmy Mitchell in uh, in Nashville and an apostle he has called Love Good. 
And um, I connected with him as a seminary and he introduced me to some of his friends, one of whom is a, a guy named Sean Williams from the Vigil Project. It's also a beautiful um, musical initiative in the Catholic Church. But uh, Sean and I became friends and there were, I would go up to Nashville four hours away and we began as a seminarian just to, he helped me to record some, some music. And then later, as I became more involved in Mercy Missions, and we started to write more songs to get our young people excited to evangelize in the streets of Atlanta, we decided to take some of those songs and to record them. And Emily was close. Emily had always been um, a great singer and involved in the missions. And so one, one summer, I was going to go up there and record these songs. And I invited Emily. I invited a few other people. Father Jaime Lorenzo, who was a legionary ordained with me, who's very gifted in music and video. And I said, let's make this not just a personal album, but let's make it a, a collective. That was kind of the, the cool word going around <laughs> Christian music, which is let's bring people together and let's put our gifts and talents together and make music. So we recorded um, a summer, two summers ago was our first um, time. We spent a week in, in Nashville and we brought together, there were about five or six of us that recorded this um, six songs. And then we made videos for them that featured all of the young people uh, missioning, not just in Atlanta, but Radom Christie is part of a, a much, being a much bigger movement. We had young people, video of young people evangelizing in Mexico and in South America and Europe and New York in uh, Philadelphia. So we put all that video behind our songs and we um, and our, our goal was let's make beautiful, let's make beautiful music that helps you experience Christ. Let's make exciting music that moves you to get up, go out in mission, builds community. And then let's send that music because it's helping our young people. Let's send it to these other cities and let's start inspiring other young people with musical abilities to rise up and to begin to think creatively and, and see how they can contribute their gifts and talents to the mission at large. And another essential piece was a, a man named Mr. Fred Gretsch, Fred and Dinah Gretsch, who are Catholics who own a big guitar company. Gretsch Guitars and Drums is um, has been around for over 100 years. Uh, the Beatles played Gretsch Guitars, the Rolling Stones. Um, so they're, they're one of the top guitar and drum makers in the world. And Fred became a personal friend of mine, came to my ordination four years ago and has supported us tremendously. So a shout out to Fred and Dinah for uh, coming into our lives and, and making a dream that we all had to use our gifts and talents and reach young people, making that come true by providing us uh, means and opportunities to to make that concrete and, and happen. And aren't they located in Atlanta, not Atlanta, but in Georgia? Uh, Savannah. That's right. So local for us, as we would say in the States, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing when I've listened to your music before and I've listened to your videos. Um, so you can find RC uh, Collective, Music Collective on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And where else can we find it? Um, really anywhere you uh, can stream music. So whether you're an Apple music person, a Spotify person, wherever you like to get your music from, we're on there. Um, we've got two EPs out now, which is exciting. Um, and... Yeah, the videos in particular are a gift that Father Jaime Lorenzo brought to the team that he he's has They're a fantastic fun. gift and he loves to take the, the footage and kind of tell the story of each of those songs. So it's kind of a um, it's a multifaceted experience when you watch the videos on YouTube. <laughs> well, it's amazing seeing a bunch of young kids jumping around to the music with their <laughs> fists in the air. So it's kind of fun. And what I love about what you're doing, too, is, you know, today I've got a son in high school, a daughter in college or actually post-college, but. 
there's a lot of despair. There's a lot of um, anxiety. There's a lot of sadness. Yet these kids are pumping themselves full of music. They're pumping themselves full of uh, social media and all these things. However, there's a break from that music and that social media to your music and this, I'll call it social media, where they can look up your videos and things like that. You really do bring hope and joy, right? In that, what have you guys seen? What have you experienced with your apostolate in your ministry? Maybe that's been transformational through your music for some of these young people, because just a, a shout out to Father John's got a silent retreat going on coming up soon. 50 young people. Three-day silent retreat. Nobody can keep a kid quiet for 50 <laughs> minutes to be on a three-day retreat. These folks are doing something special with our youth. So would you talk about some of the experiences, please? Yes. So one of the beautiful, beautiful things that I was discovering about this gift for music is it, it brings people together and it really communicates joy and, and life. Um, just living in Rome for three years, we begin to do street missions, all the legionary seminarians and um, other seminarians were chosen to sing in the church. And they always told me to go into the streets with my guitar <laughs> and, and play. And so I had to learn little tricks. Like how do you, how do you get people to pay attention to you on, on, on a street with a guitar? And so we would come up with all these little medleys of pop songs and, and um, also um, well-known Christian songs. And very, very quickly we would gather large groups and people would be dancing and singing. It was almost like a, like a happy Catholic riot. I felt like <laughs> I had started um, in different moments. Just uh, we had way too many people and we were just yelling and, and trying to get our voices to the group, but always we would try to bring that group after a fun song to a moment of prayer and get them into this church for adoration. So little by little, I discovered that there's a, a great music brings people together and people are looking for community. They're looking for uh, human connection. They're looking for um, authentic happiness and joy. And, and I think music gathers people together. It's a very human experience to sing. It's very joy filled. And so um, the same thing with the, our mercy missions here in Atlanta, the same thing with some of these house concerts that we've been doing. I think they're characterized by a beautiful spirit of joy and community that overflows into prayer because they, they climax or culminate ultimately in a, in a, a deep moment of prayer and young people are looking for depth. And so they are interested in a silent retreat, but that I think the music helps them to gather. It helps them to calm down and it helps them ultimately it leads them to a, a, something deeper. And so it's a great, uh, gift to bring young people to the deep experience of, of uh, knowing and loving Jesus Christ. And I'll also say uh, one of my fondest memories in, of mission so far, it was probably one of the first downtown mercy missions we did of during Holy Week. And Hurt Park is on the Georgia State campus right now. It's blocked off, but at the time it was not. And it's a place that a lot of homeless congregate. And they know that groups also come by and they'll deliver meals and things like that, blankets. So so they're always kind of hanging out there. And it's a great place to kind of get together with your homeless friends. So we um, we set up Father John, really um, his sound system, brought his guitar, brought a cajon and I think actually like an actual pot and pan with spoons and uh, <laughs> cowbell and all sorts of things. And we it wasn't just a Father John show, right? All of our young people who had been learning these songs that these kind of anthems that they're singing in the streets and to the end of the world, your love we take and they're 
they're yelling at the top of their lungs. We're singing that, but also with our homeless friends. Um, we gave this guy the cowbell and he's dancing around with the cowbell. And this other guy who had been um, been a drummer for a band, a, a small band that would play in you know different restaurants or things. He was experiencing homelessness and he was sitting on the cajon just like shredding. He's just doing an amazing job. And and the kids were really moved by that. And um, I walk, was walking down the street with one of them and said, hey, so what did you think of that? And she just said, I think that's the happiest ever I've ever been in my life. And just bring wow. having music bring people together in that way. Wow. That's amazing. So folks, you're listening to I Am Eleven Sixty The Quest, your Atlantic Catholic Radio, and you're in the family room. And and we're here with Father John Klein and Emily Roman and we're talking about music. And I wanted to ask you, like, how is music influenced I'm like your lives or the lives of people? Clearly you have made that known. And so I I if I could ask you to take a minute. For, I think I shared with you in one of our conversations, for me, music is a moving thing. And it doesn't have to be Christian music. Um, I remember having just a great moment listening to Olivia Newton-John singing Water Under the Bridge. And go listen to the lyrics of that song sometime. And it's really powerful. about, about It can be powerful about a Savior who takes you know your pain away. But you guys, talk to our listeners, because maybe they're not on Spotify. Maybe they've just got their own music collection. And teach us a little bit about how to make music prayer and a call and a joyful noise. Mm. Well, I could speak to that um, in my own journey and wrestling with my vocation. Um, that was, music was especially powerful in that way. And um, what kind of shed some light on it for me to realize what was happening was actually I was in an, an AP English class my junior year of high school. I had a fantastic teacher, just someone who really broke open literature for me in a way that just blew my mind. And um, it changed my perspective of how I looked at things. And one of the underlying things that he really ingrained in us was this sense that the author intends everything. This is, I went to public school my whole life. Um, but he was talking about, you know, that sentence that has that word choice or that structure or that punctuation, it's all crafted with the intent in mind of what the author wants to convey. And when I started to look at literature that way, it just brought everything to a whole new level. But then I started to see life that way. And so I would be driving, you know, having just gotten my license in that year and driving all around and just blasting. I love classic rock. I was just blasting the classic rock radio station in my old car that we had to hand me down from our grandparents, you know, thinking I was the coolest thing ever. And, <laughs> and the lyrics to a song would just knock me off my feet. I remember having to pull over once because there was just in some secular song the words spoke to me as if Jesus Christ was sitting in the passenger seat and said them to me himself. And, um, and I think that when we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear the Holy spirit speaking all the time. Um, and it could be through, through a song on the radio. It could be a conversation with a friend. It could be the circumstances of your life. But, um, I think we're, our world is waiting for God to, you know, have this clap of thunder, kind of uh, lightning bolt moment, right? Or the angel to come down and, and make his his will clear to us. But we just, we have to just listen. And that takes slowing down and quieting down to see things that way. Thank you. There's, if, if you're not driving, if you have a pen and paper nearby, I want you to write this down. The author intended it. That, those are profound words. Thank you. Mm. Mm. Thank you to my English teacher, Robert Phillips. <laughs> shout out to, to you. <laughs> and you know, you guys have been doing a lot of shout outs to people. So I do want to let everybody know that you can find all of the links to these guys' music, to a lot of the different people and the, the um, opportunities that they've mentioned to Mercy Missions itself mm. on our show notes as well. So if you go to our show notes for the show, so if you go to 
um, www.thequestatlanta.com slash the family room. You'll be able to get to our webpage and that's where all of the show notes for this, as well as a podcast of the show as well. If you want to listen to it over and over and listen to these guys sing over and over, you can do that. Um, I'm going to go off topic just for a second, just because as a mom, my heart is so full as I'm listening to both of your vocation stories, both of your stories of inspiration and what you just said, Emily, as far as getting quiet and just getting with Jesus. And both of you talked about how profound, not just music is, but how profound adoration is. And for some of our listeners, they don't know what adoration is. So would you just take one minute and just share what is adoration? Yes, of course. So the beautiful gift of the Eucharist being um, as, a, as Jesus gave us the greatest gift, which was the gift of himself. And he stayed with us and through the gift of the Eucharist, the the bread and wine, which is transformed into his body and blood, because that's such a profound and mysterious reality, God present among us, that um, in the Catholic Church, we, in different moments, we take out the consecrated bread, which is Jesus himself, and he's placed on the altar, and the people of God come and offer their prayers and songs of gratitude. In fact, Eucharist even means gratitude. So what more in the presence of God to um, be grateful? And what is one beautiful way that you can be grateful? Well, you can say it, but you can also sing it. And I think it's um, the lover sings, right? I believe that's St. Augustine said, the one who loves sings. And the one who loves knows that ultimately the experience of love is another person loves you. Jesus loves us and our hearts are full of gratitude and we, we can't help but respond to the beauty of his love. And that overflows, not just in human words, but in, in song. And so when we go to adoration to adore our Lord Jesus there in the Eucharist, it's proper that the people of God sing. And so there's so many different beautiful uh, songs that have been written um, heart to heart, but music, I think, calms us down in a world that's ADD and um, over burning out from so many much stimuli music can calm us, focus us and allow us to, to really profoundly connect with God, to thank him and to experience uh, the beauty of his presence. That's perfect. Would you do us a favor then since we all love and we want to be loved more, pick up your guitar and play us another song, please. Yes, of course. So this second song, we played you more of a prayerful song, the first one, but this is called Kingdom Come. And it's more of a rowdy, fun song. Right. Uh, <laughs> think about, um, you know, like, I guess the, the concept was like a like an Irish pub where you have just like people gathered around, everyone stomping and clapping and singing. And so this is to communicate the joy of the kingdom coming of our king is with us. And so it's, it's a fun one. So uh, here it goes. Here. We'll need audience participation. So that's right. We're going to have pull a pull over, turn off the car and stomp your feet. That's right. So when you hear Emily go, Hey, that's, um, that's, that's your line. So you, you'll, you'll pick it up here. asleep and Judith with her bravery brought the general to his knees hey Daniel in the lion's den 
greatest of the king's men. And Gideon's 300 strong. The trumpets played a victory song. One by one we'll come to the beating of your drum. Till the whole world shouts, let your kingdom come throughout. Let your kingdom, let your kingdom come. Hey, the virgins heal upon his head. Ancient foe will soon be dead. And God is man upon the cross. Rose again, oh death, you lost. One by one we'll come to the beating of your drum. Till the whole world shouts, let your kingdom come throughout. Let your kingdom, let your kingdom one by one. To the beating of your drum Till the whole world shouts Let your kingdom come throughout Let your kingdom, let your kingdom come Let your kingdom, let your kingdom come Oh, come and lay your weapons down for you kingdom pieces found pick up your feet and dance around to celebrate our king's crown oh come and lay your weapons down for in his kingdom pieces found pick up your feet and dance around to celebrate our king's crown one by one we'll come to the beating of your drum still the let your kingdom come throughout. Let your kingdom, let your kingdom one by one will come to the beating of your drum. Till the whole world shouts. Let your kingdom come throughout. Let your kingdom, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom, let your kingdom come one Every land and everyone, pick up your feet and dance. See the kingdom advance, come rain or small. For the king he calls, let your kingdom, let your kingdom come. Your kingdom, let your kingdom come. Hey! That was awesome. Oh my god. Amazing, amazing. All right, you guys can't see it, but everyone in this room was standing up and jumping up and down. <laughs> oh, 
so Father John, Emily, thank you so much. We are so blessed to have you with us today. And Father, as we head out, would you please bless our listeners with a prayer? Yes, of course. Um, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Heavenly Father, once again, thank you for the gift of this community uh, in the in our faith, for, for sharing with us. Uh, the hope that the faith brings, especially the gift of your son, Jesus Christ, in this time of Advent and Christmas. So open our hearts, help us to receive Jesus, give us a space, uh, a warm space and home in our hearts for him to live and work and move and help us to be better instruments um, to all those that you're calling us to reach out to. Give us the hands, the feet and the voices of Jesus Christ. May Almighty God bless all of you in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And listeners, as we just sang, we just pray that in his kingdom, you find his peace. So join us again here next week in the family room where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.